0: There, welcome to the Life Hack Show. Life is full of limitations. Learn how to break free and live your best life. Join me, Ally Kramer, Content Director of Life Hack, as I interview the top experts in the self-improvement sphere for advice on how to make life more enjoyable, no matter who you are. If you're looking for insight on how to overcome any obstacle, this podcast is made for you. Today, I'll be speaking with Michael Sorenson, best-selling author and relationship coach. His book, I Hear You, The Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships, has won awards for its simplicity and practicality. He'll be sharing with us his own personal story of becoming a relationship expert and the limitations he faced while doing so. And he'll also share with us some great advice on how to strengthen your own relationships in life. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Definitely. So I'm really interested in uh, a little bit about yourself. You're a marketing executive, yet you're also a relationship expert. How do those two areas coincide?
1: Sure. So it, it's a funny story, actually, um, because, yes, marketing is my trade of choice, if you will. That's what I went to school for. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for the past 10 years. Uh, but a number of years ago, gosh, it's it's been five, six, I'm not quite sure, uh, I started seeing a therapist to get help through uh, working through a number of different issues in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was immensely valuable me- meeting with this woman because I, I received outside insight into thought processes, into habits, into the things that I was doing that were not helping me in life. Gotcha. And through a number of years of working with her, I, I developed a repertoire of fantastic life skills, relationship principles, and otherwise that, that completely transformed really every aspect of my life. And one of those principles uh, is, is known as validation. It's mm-hmm. basically helping people feel heard and understood. That had the biggest impact. I, I manage a team of roughly 20, 25 people at work. Uh, it, it really changed the way I managed people. It changed my interpersonal relationships. It, it, changed, it changed even how I interacted with random strangers at the grocery store. And, and people started commenting on how I was so easy to talk with, how it just felt comfortable confiding in me. And as I started thinking about it, I realized a lot, of what, a lot of what was making that a reality were things that I learned from therapy. And yet, as I tried to share them with friends and family, it was hard for me to find resources that taught it uh, mm-hmm. in a way that I felt was valuable, you know, in the way that I, that I learned it. And so long story short, I decided to write a book. And that book, like you mentioned, is called I Hear You. And it just skyrocketed on the bestseller list. And I've received emails and comments, you know, interview requests, everything. Really my, my career as a marketer mm-hmm. continues to blossom, but suddenly opened up, suddenly this new path of, of being a relationship coach, you know, and, and writing content online opened up because people understandably are, are hungering for insight and help with their day-to-day relationships. And so now I, I, I still pursue both. Uh, but there's really a lot still that I have to share um, to help people in ways that my therapist and, and other um, mentors have helped me.
0: That's that's really fascinating. So essentially, your therapist kind of allowed you to see parts of your own life that maybe you were overlooking or weren't necessarily paying attention to the impact, like you're saying, validation. And that helps strengthen not only your um, personal relationships, but the ones at work. And I can imagine that marketing itself, it, in a lot of ways, it is about communication. Is that right? I'm no marketing expert.
1: <laughs> no, no, absolutely. hundred percent. It's, in my opinion, effective marketing is genuine connection with people. It's not just blasting messages in their face, but it's understanding what matters to the consumer. And if you have something to, to offer, showing them that and helping them understand that. So yes, it's absolutely communication.
0: That's, that's really a a cool way to put it. Um, and so like thinking about how you went from starting therapy, which is that's a journey that a lot of people are intimidated to start in the first place. But, um, as myself, I have a, a master's degree in counseling psychology, so I'm all about therapy. Um, and it's interesting that you just kind of dove in and really found a lot of, um, benefit from it, and then decided to write the book. Um, so what limitations did you find yourself facing as you were writing the book or even getting it published?
1: The biggest limitation was certainly what's known, I think most commonly now is the imposter syndrome. Right? Uh-huh. I, as I dove in, I mentioned I'm a marketer, I'm not a therapist, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a counselor, I'm not a doctor, and so pretty quickly, you know, I had all the negative self-talk of well, who are you to write a book? Right. Who who would listen to you? I mean, you're just some random guy who decides to share something. You know, is this really going to take? And yet I, I felt very, very guided. I, I felt almost compelled to to pay it forward. Uh, but, but that remained uh, a, a limitation that I dealt with for quite a while. You know, as I dove in, just thinking, OK, well, you know what? Uh, this is something that's important. This is something that has changed my life. I'm going to go ahead and try. Right. I'm going to I'm going to put something together. I'm going to put it out into the world. No one likes it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I change one person's life, it, it, it's worth it.
0: That's and beautiful.
1: So, yeah, that, that was definitely the biggest obstacle. Obviously, there, I could name dozens, probably hundreds. <laughs> but that's just life, right? You, you dive in and you go for it.
0: Yeah, and and it's great. It really shows a lot of um, courage to do that because I think many of us suffer from, even if we're not aware of it, imposter syndrome, um, making career changes or, you know, moving across the country or starting something completely different in their life or writing a book. It's like, like you said, who am I to do this? And it's, that's the best part about it. It's, it's like you are you to do this and (laughs) you should do this. Um, so I'm guessing that the imposter syndrome is gone now that your book is out into the world. <laughs> is that correct?
1: You, you would think, you know, <laughs> it, it is in certain realms. You know, I I'm now confident in the book. I have, you know, over a thousand five-star reviews. I know that it's working, so to speak. I know that people appreciate it. And yet, you know, I continue in my coaching, you know, I, I write regularly on my blog. Um, there's still a lot of areas that I say, Oh, is this, you know, have, have I crossed the line yet? You know, is somebody going to call me out and say, you don't know what you're talking about? Uh, <laughs> and, and yet, you know, I, the more I read on, especially on imposter syndrome, I think it's fascinating. The highest achievers, performers in the world still feel it. And so I take comfort in that, you know. And, and as I go through life, I never make broad sweeping claims that I'm going to make you a millionaire or, you know, I guarantee you're going to find happiness in your life really what I teach and what I pay forward are principles that have had an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And I simply share that experience. Right. And, and I, I, teach a lot of true principles, how they are implemented, how people, you know, how they impact other people's lives. There are a lot of other variables at play there. And so I, I focus on, on teaching and coaching people with true principles that just make life better. And, and I find that thankfully, uh, I'm not unique. Uh, it seems to be a common human, you know, if you're a human, these things work. If you're talking to people, these are general principles that will help you connect better. Uh, and it's, it's very fulfilling to see it, to see yeah. it change other people's lives.
0: I bet, I bet. And it's really not that far removed from um, even, I'm I'm kind of imagining what your own therapist went through in her training um, and such, because there was a lot of imposter syndrome. I remember in my grad school cohort, uh, like, who am I to give advice or or whatever, and it's really not even about advice, it's like you're saying it's just sharing these principles that happen to work and seeing if they stick with other people. I really right. like that yeah. yeah um so I can't wait to get into some of your um the content in the book I hear you, uh, but before that, um, who do you look to for inspiration?
1: Mm. Several people you know, and, it, and it's funny because i it's it's not in my um, in my market, if you will, or in my niche. You know, I, I look obviously to my parents. So both my parents are very successful. They're very entrepreneurial. And and they have been a model for me in just diving in and making things happen rather than sitting back and thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if, you know, yeah. or, uh, so-and-so so lucky because they just, you know, fell into this. I've I realized that that's not the case. And I, I was... Raised in a family that was all about hard work, and so I still very often turn to my parents for inspiration and then I look to a lot of these other you could call them self-made experts or you know uh-huh. I really like brene Brown's story you know yeah. she, she dove in as well, right and she uh-huh. was a researcher, uh, but she really you know took on the concept of vulnerability and plenty others and just started talking about it and so. Um, Brené Brown's definitely another person that I look up to, uh, especially in the personal development realm and the relationship realm.
0: Yeah, and she's inspired so many people to um, look at their lives in different ways too. That's interesting. That's really great. Um, I love that your parents as well helped inspire you. Um, it, does, it matters a lot, you know, um, the supports that you have in your life to get to where you are. Um, it's one of those, I guess that's one way to say, at least you didn't have the limitation of unsupportive parents or um, people that didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit. That's really cool.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I will just say this, a plug for this podcast and for life hack, what I love about what you guys stand for is figuring out how to make things happen in life, right? You're you're diving in, make it work, improve your life. I mean, if you want something, go for it. That's, that is my mantra.
0: That's wonderful. We love hearing that.
1: (laughs) So I, I I love what you guys do there as well.
0: That's great. Great. So it's like mutual ad- admiration here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. So in your book, um, I Hear You, The Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships, you quote an interesting statistic. Um, the psychologist John Gottman, who studied happiness among couples, says that he can predict up to 94% certainty whether couples rich or poor, straight or gay, young or mature, will be broken up or together several years down the road. And this is all based on communication, um, and I'm guessing, as you were saying, validation, um, and hearing each other, which you talk a lot about in your book. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Because I think that's so fascinating.
1: Sure, yeah, the the study is one of my favorites. So I'll I'll summarize it briefly here. So Dr. Gottman and a number of his uh, research assistants wanted to figure out what made the healthy, happy couples, what, what the happy, healthy couples did to stay happy and healthy throughout long marriages mm-hmm. uh, versus those who were divorced or who were together and unhappy. And in part of their research, they decorated their lab to look like a beautiful bed and breakfast, and they invited newlywed couples to come in for the weekend and do what most newlywed couples do, just hang out, cook breakfast, talk, chat, and the researchers would observe their interactions which I think is a little creepy, but...
0: Yeah. You know, guess, like, okay, fine. <laughs> <It's awful laughs> but how fine. do you get that info without doing <laughs> something like that?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So as the researchers were observing, they noticed that couples made uh, just small little requests for connection each day. It wasn't necessarily saying, hey, I want to talk, but you know, the husband might be looking out the, out the window and see a car drive by and say, oh my gosh, honey, check out that car. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that the way their spouse responded made a huge difference in the satisfaction in the relationship and so in, in this particular instance the wife can respond in one of three ways she can respond positively oh that's beautiful negatively oh i hate that color or kind of passively just eh, that's nice dear you know kind of brushing it off or, or not really paying much attention to him and it seems like a small it seems like a small thing but when they went back and analyzed all the data they found that the couples who were together and happy six years, I think it was six years down the line, they responded positively to these little things uh, 9, excuse me, 87% of the time. So if somebody made a comment, they would respond positively almost nine times out of 10. Whereas those who were divorced six years later, they only responded positively uh, 33% of the time. So uh, very big difference in the way they were responding to each other, right? If you're if you're validating is, is the term that I use in my book, uh, that is saying that's showing the other person that you appreciate what they appreciate, you you understand where they're coming from. So it's that oh that's awesome, that's such a cool car, you know that fosters that feeling of connection. Whereas if you are negative, if you respond kind of an, oh I hate that, or even if you're just passive, even if you just don't really jump into it with them, that still harms the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is, like, like you said, uh, really the core principle of my book is that the good listeners of the world do more than just listen. They, they validate each other. And, and that makes a huge difference in the connection.
0: That's, that's really um, a pretty simple way to think about it, too, because, you know, just saying like, oh, honey, that's cool. It just, it, that's all you need to do <laughs> to right. help kind of validate their existence in that moment and the, the hearing, you know, um, and I'm sure that a lot of people struggle with just that, but that seems like something, um, perhaps like a habit you could get into uh, to, to, to foster your relationship a little better.
1: Absolutely. It makes a big difference whether it's a negative emotion that they're sharing or a positive one, like the, like the example of the car.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, and and it, and I'm thinking about my own relationship with my husband, or even my kids, um, and my 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 teammates at Life Hack, and how that could be a really beneficial skill to implement um, and try to see, you know, where is this going to go, and and will be we be happier if I'm just, you know, validating? I like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it's it's powerful.
0: Yeah. So, why do you think so many people struggle in maintaining healthy relationships? Um, and I guess, would it be based on the, the lack of validation?
1: I think that certainly plays a role in it. And, and obviously there are dozens, perhaps hundreds of reasons, different reasons why people struggle. I, I do think the technologically connected world that we live in today is, is having a negative impact on it. I don't think all technology's bad. I mean, clearly, here we are talking about relationships, thanks to technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, But it is very difficult for us to stay present with somebody nowadays when you have the phone buzzing in your pocket and the TV's on and you've got your iPad out. And so I think that just the human connection, that putting these gadgets away and just talking, is almost a lost art. And so that's one of those areas that I think is is really hurting. Obviously, social media has its pros and its cons as well. And it's been well documented that, that it can have a dark side you know, in terms of fueling depression and comparison. And so I think there are a lot of things at play. um, And yet I don't think any of them are insurmountable. I think there are a lot of ways that we can build and foster relationships, uh, even if they're struggling right now.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting to think about um, how many people, (laughs) just in my own personal sphere, I know that have little arguments or tiffs about like, you know, ah, she won't get off of Instagram or (laughs) X, Y, Z. And, yeah, that's, that's a different way to think about it, That how much impact even the last 10 years that probably has had on couples. Um, yeah. So can you simplify for our listeners if this is possible at all? I know that your book, it, it's it's a short read. I think I got through it in about three and a half hours or something, but so packed full of great information. Um, what, what would you say your top piece of advice for improving a relationship um, would be? I guess that would be whether it be a friend um, within the workplace, um, romantic.
1: Ooh, it's hard to pick one. Can I give you three?
0: Yeah, (laughs) please.
1: (laughs) I I have kind of my my top three that I go to often. Obviously, can elaborate on them later or people can check out my website for more Mm -hmm. details. The the, the first thing that I always recommend people do to improve their relationships is to just ask other people questions about things that matter to them. Mm -hmm. So I you know, that, that's the quickest way to get the other person talking. And the more that person talks, the more they give you to follow up with and to validate and to connect with. And so, you know, it, it's different than just say, hey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. Which is fine here and there, right? At least it gives you something to talk about. But if you already know something about the person, ask them something specific. So, for example, my wife uh, a number of months ago was in a coaching program and she, you know, was part of classes I think two or three times a week And I would come home from work one day and I would just ask how her day was and that got kind of the normal response. But then when I shifted and started asking, hey, how was class? Hey, how, what what did you guys talk about today? You know, different things more specific to the coach. She was excited. She was passionate about it. And that gave us something of worth to talk about rather than just, oh, it was good.
0: Right, right. That's a very broad question. How was your day? Um, (laughs) And almost it doesn't invalidate, but it it certainly is more validating to ask specific questions.
1: Absolutely, because then they know that you remember something about them. Hopefully, I remember things about my life. <laughs> um, it's especially powerful with coworkers. You're talking about your coworkers over at Lifehack. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can instead of saying how was your weekend, if you can ask a question about something they already told you they were going to do. Hey, how was that camping trip? How was the concert? Again, that just shows an extra level of of uh, of care an extra level of attention that you're paying to them so so top you know my my first bit of advice is ask people questions about things that matter to them love that my second bit of advice obviously is to get comfortable with validating Um, you know we only briefly talked about it on here obviously my book's available but if you don't want to buy the book just go to my website michaelssorensen.com i have plenty of articles on there that you can read for free Uh, But essentially, validating is helping someone feel heard and understood. And so like we've talked about, it's showing excitement if they're excited. If somebody comes to you and they are upset with something, this is where validation is especially powerful and where a lot of people trip up is they jump in with advice. Mm -hmm. So, so Allie, if you come to me and you're complaining about your coworker and I immediately go, well, did you just talk to him about it? Right. Right. But like most people, you'll go, well, no, or yes, I did talk to him about it, but blah, 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 blah. And we, and we start going in this kind of ping pong match of, well, I'm frustrated. Well, you shouldn't be, so do this. And you go back and forth. and that right.
0: Like on you, the defense almost.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's because most people, when they're complaining to us or they're bringing a problem to us, they don't actually want our advice. They don't actually need help fixing it. What they need is help to not feel crazy for feeling the way they're feeling. And so that's where validation comes at play here, is that instead of trying to give you tips, Allie, I would just say, oh my gosh, he said that to you? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't even believe that, you know? And then, and then that now says to you, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Michael's just as upset as I am. Right. And then that lets you process it. That lets you let the emotion away. And nine times out of 10, you already know how to deal with it. You just needed somebody else to validate you and show you that you are crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great, great. So
1: validation, number two. And then the last one, frankly, is my favorite. And that's just showing people, showing appreciation for people each day. Mm -hmm. It's it's a simple thank you. Uh, Even better if you pair it with validation. So if you're talking to a coworker and say, hey, by the way, I know you worked really hard on that project. And I appreciated that. It made a huge difference in the meeting or with your spouse. Just, hey, uh, I can tell you worked hard on dinner and it was delicious. Thank you. Those little nuggets of appreciation, I think, are are disappearing from our day-to-day conversations again because we're so focused on technology. Sure, but it sure. makes a huge difference in in your relationships with with anyone.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I mean, that really has a lot to do with gratitude in general. Um, kind of not taking for granted things, appreciating the here and now, appreciating what you have with whatever relationship of person you're in. I think that's that's a really beautiful thing to to bring up. Um, probably overlooked a lot as well.
1: Yeah. And it's powerful. I'm a big proponent.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, so where can they purchase the book?
1: So it's available for purchase on Amazon.com or Audible for the audiobook, plenty of different versions available. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, if you just want to read more about it and uh, different uh, topics, articles related to relationships in general, my website, Michael S.
0: Awesome. That is great. Thank you so, so much for joining us um, and giving your awesome advice about relationships. I hope that our listeners check out your book. I have read it. I think the ideas within it are really on point. um, And I completely agree. It feels very good to be heard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun chatting.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, everyone out there, please check out Michael's website. It is Michael S. Sorensen. That's M I C H A E L S S O R E N S E N dot com. And that wraps up today's show. Thank you all for joining us and stay tuned for the next episode.